0: Closing, closing. isn't Good evening and welcome to Monsters Among Us. I am your guide, Derek Hayes. I'm recording this week's show a few days early. My dad and stepmom are flying out to visit for my dad's 60th birthday, which happens to be today, January 17th. Happy birthday, Dad. Now, my dad's not huge into the paranormal, but on one occasion, back in the mid-90s, while we were visiting my grandparents in Florida... My cousin, who also lived there, told me about a haunted location known as Wickedemus' Grave, which was in Fernandina Beach. Apparently, across the street from the Fernandina Beach High School is a little dirt path that leads to an ancient oak tree with a stone marker nearby. This is, allegedly, the burial site of Wickedemus, who was a young girl who was convicted of witchcraft in the 1600s and buried beneath this very tree. Locals swear that when you walk down the path toward the tree, the ground will start to shake beneath your feet. Well, we wasted no time in driving up there. It was my cousin, her boyfriend, and me at first. We arrived after sunset and found the supposed location, a bald patch in the weeds about 30 yards off the road. We walked around a bit, but it didn't take long for us to notice that the ground would shake violently, accompanied by what sounded like thunder under the ground. Completely convinced and thoroughly terrified, we quickly returned to my grandparents' house. I don't think I made it halfway through my story before my dad suggested we go back, with him in tow. To say he was interested would be a bit of an understatement. So the four of us return later that evening. We take my dad to the same spot, and lo and behold, the rumbling returns. And just as we did on the prior trip, we all ran for the car, my dad included. But before we made it back to our ride, he stopped us. According to him, he thinks he can explain why this is happening. So over the next hour or so, we would time out the noises with his watch, and he also began to point out what looked like a right of way for some sort of underground pipe. As it turns out, there was some sort of disposal pipe directly underneath the spot said to be haunted by the angry spirit of Wickedemus. My dad seemed to have solved the case. And in doing so, inspired me to think critically when it comes to stories of the paranormal. No matter how scary something seems at first, there's usually a logical explanation for it. So, thank you, Dad, and happy 60th birthday. I'm anxious to dive into tonight's ghostly show, but before I do, I want to remind everyone to call in their own experiences. After all, it's your stories that keep the show going, and without you, we wouldn't get too far. So if you've had an encounter or know a really great secondhand story, please give the 24-hour hotline a call at 1-888-608-NIGHT. That's 1-888-608-6444. Or you can email the show directly at monstersamonguspodcast at gmail.com. Or you can submit 100% anonymously through the Report Your Sightings tab on the website, which is www monstersamonguspodcast.com Alright, now let's hear from our first caller.
1: Hi Derek, love the show and respond to your call for submissions. Not sure this is really a shadow person encounter, but that's how I've described it since I was young and didn't know shadow people were a thing. My experience began in Montreal in the 90s. I was around 6 or 7 and had just moved into our new house. As far as I can remember it wasn't the first night, nor do I think I was upset or stressed from the move. I distinctly remember feeling really comfortable in my room that night, and I drifted off to sleep without any trouble, but I woke suddenly in the middle of the night and saw four figures standing at the edge of the bed looking at me. I remember them being really tall, almost to the ceiling completely black and featureless. Even without definable faces, however, I could tell they were watching me. And I felt like they were talking about uh, something, but that I couldn't hear what they were saying. I didn't feel scared or surprised at the time, and they either disappeared or I fell back asleep after a few minutes of their weird, inaudible discussing. It upset me after I woke up in the morning, though, and it's always been something in the back of my mind as an adult, I'm pretty sure that I just had sleep paralysis or a waking dream or something, but that vision continues to affect me. Since that experience, I've noticed things out of the corner of my eye, or something in the dark which looks like shadowy people and have... I have severe insomnia due to nightmares and auditory uh, and visual experiences that wake me up. Most often as I'm about to fall asleep, I often hear someone talking, sometimes calling my name. And I've awoken to someone in the middle of saying something to me, sometimes with a glimpse of a person standing in the room with me. What's strangest, though, is the conviction that the déjà vu I experience is connected to the visit I had as a kid. And they tend to be very vivid and have the feeling of having been premonitions. except that in many I die at the end. Some people have suggested that it's some sort of haunting or demonic thing, or alien but I've always had a feeling that it's something else I've moved across Canada a few times and the experiences have always been there so I don't think it's due to where we lived I'm pretty sure it's psychological or imaginary but when things happen I can't help thinking it's connected to the to these foreshadow people the worst part is the feeling that the shadowy figures I get glimpses of or dream are the same ones that I saw as a kid and that they're trying to communicate. Anyway, uh, keep up the good work. I know this is a little rambling, and you can edit it or clean it up a bit if you want to use it for the show. Thanks.
0: Thank you for your submission. Your encounter reminded me a lot of the accounts of Matthew Campbell of A Haunting in Connecticut fame. But I heard several people claim that those accounts were fabricated, or at the very least, exaggerated. But either way, he claimed to wake up in his room in the middle of the night to see a group of strangers huddled in the corner discussing something he could not discern. In addition to that, your reports sound similar to those of alien abduction or alien visitation. Abductees often report waking to a group of strange beings surrounding their beds but are unable to make out certain features. But I can't help but notice the resemblance to a common problem, sleep paralysis. But there is another sleep disorder that could be at least partly to blame here. It's known as exploding head syndrome. It's a harmless disorder that causes the sufferer to hear loud noises, such as a crash or pounding or even a voice as they fall asleep or wake up. As a sufferer of this disorder, I can tell you that it's a very strange sensation, but once you've realized what it is, it quickly loses its grip. So perhaps one or both of these disorders are combining to create the sensation, or perhaps you are in fact experiencing something otherworldly. Thank you again for sending in your story. Our next call is a Monsters Among Us first. This is our first story that takes place in Africa. This is Cherie's call.
2: Hi, uh, my name is Cherie and I'm calling from Canada. I heard your appeal for stories on the last episode and decided to call in with my story. So I grew up in South Africa and I had many strange experiences during my childhood, but I usually put these down to an active childhood imagination. Um, As an adult, I had a few more experiences that I couldn't as easily blame on my imagination. And I'm going to tell you about one experience I had um, when I was around 20 years old and that was in the 90s. So at the time that I had the experience I was staying with a friend and her family the house we lived in was pretty small and there were six of us living there at the time so it was uh, myself and my friend she had two younger sisters they were around 10 and 13 years old her mom who was a single mom and then she had an elderly grandmother and um, the house we lived in was pretty old and I remember it having a kind of creepy atmosphere and there were a number of incidents that happened when I was there. So the one I'm going to tell you about now was one of the first things that happened um, a little while after I moved in with him. So that particular night my friend was out. I think she might have gone out to visit her boyfriend and her mom was at work. So I was at home with the two younger girls and their grandmother. Now their grandmother was pretty frail, she couldn't walk on her own. And I think she might have had uh, some kind of dementia. She was also hard of hearing. So basically I was the only responsible adult in the house that night. So myself and the two girls were going to get dinner ready and we realized we needed to go to the store to get some supplies. Now my friend's mom worked nights and she would usually leave some grocery money in her bedroom in case we ran out of something so the girls went to the room to get the money and they came back seeing that their mom's bedroom door was locked now it was a really old house and the interior doors had these old-fashioned round brass doorknobs and there were no locks on the door And I remember because I couldn't lock my door, nobody could lock their bedroom door. So I knew that the door couldn't be locked. So I went to check it out and found, you know, the older girl was trying to push the door open and she wasn't able to open it. So I decided to try and it kind of felt like something was blocking the door from the inside. It didn't feel locked. It, it felt like something was pushing the door from the inside, almost like someone was in the room pushing the door shut. And so that was a little scary in itself because I sort of, you know, I wondered if there was someone else in the house. Um, I asked the girls if uh, their mom or their sister had come home, but nobody nobody was there except us. No one else had, had come into the house. So the bedroom... Um, my mom's room was right by the living room, so I was standing there with the two girls and their granny, their granny was in the living room, resting on the couch, so we were all in that area. There was no one else in the house. So I tried pushing the door and kind of stopped, and then eventually I decided to give the door one really big shove to see if I could get into the room. So i pushed really hard and the door just flew open it flew right open as if nothing had ever been blocking it and it it just opened normally and i pushed really hard so the door flew right open now the house as i mentioned it's pretty old and there was no light switch inside the door so i had to walk all the way across the room to the far corner to turn on the bedside lamp and it was really dark in the room And I walked really quickly across the room because it was kind of creepy how the door just opened. And I wanted to see what was blocking the door, you know, and get the light on so I could see the rest of the room. Um, The two uh, girls just waited at the bedroom door for me while I went across. So I had to bend down to find the switch of the lamp um, to turn it on. Um, I had to bend down towards the corner of the room. And while I was there sort of searching for the switch, I felt... A really hot breath of air in my face it kind of felt like someone or something in the cor- low down in the corner of the room breathed into my face. even worse than that, right after that happened, I heard a low growling sound. Now it was loud enough and went on for long enough that i'm really sure it wasn't something i imagined it was just a really low sort of growl and um the first thought i had was that it might have been the family dog um, that might have been led into the house um, so I kind of called out to him, his name was Nelson, and I said, Nelson, you know, is that you? And I didn't hear anything else, and I I hurried up, and, and I found the switch, and I turned the light on. And I looked in the corner, and there was nothing there. And whatever it had, had been there, it was right by my face. So it was really weird to look and see absolutely nothing in that corner. I looked around the room, I checked under the bed, I checked the cupboards, I checked behind the door. I looked everywhere and there was a nothing and nobody else in the room. Now the two girls were standing at the door of the room so nothing could have left the room without them seeing it. And the only other way in or out of the room was a little window which was shut. The curtains were shut, the window was shut. And there's no other way in or out of the room. So. It was a real mystery and furthermore I looked to see what might have been blocking the door and there was absolutely nothing close to the door that might have been blocking it. I tried the door many times, it wasn't sticking, it wasn't tight, the handle turned, there was nothing that possibly could have been blocking the door. So um, the next thing I did was I checked around the house just to make sure there was no one else there. I couldn't find a dog anywhere and I went and unlocked the back door and looked in the back garden and the dog was in the back garden where he always was. So it couldn't have been the dog. Um, there was no one else in the house and, uh, I was, Um, As you can imagine, pretty freaked out by the situation and just trying to remain calm so the girls uh, wouldn't be unsettled. Um, It was hard though because I couldn't really explain to them what had happened and they kept asking questions. So I was really happy when uh, my friend got home and we spoke about it a little bit. And she said that uh, other strange things had happened in the house. And uh, living in a big city, we couldn't even put it down to an animal like a raccoon or something, which is what we'd blame it on here in Canada. But uh, in South Africa, um, in the in Cape Town, it was a big city. There were no there was no wildlife around where we lived. And so I was pretty ill at ease for the rest of the night. And uh, I didn't sleep very well. And uh, as time passed, I did have more strange experiences in the house. But nothing that involved growling again. So uh, that's my story. Um, Thanks for listening. And I hope you have some ideas about what it could have been. And uh, I'm pretty interested to hear if anyone else had a similar experience. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Sheree. I did some digging around, thinking I could find some sort of South African legend about a growling spirit, or even a cryptid, but to my surprise, I didn't find much. But what I did find was a seemingly endless supply of first-hand accounts that sound very, very similar to yours. Despite my best efforts, I was unable to come up with a logical explanation for what would be producing the growling sounds. I suppose it's possible that it was an entity. And that it knew the animal sound would startle you. Or perhaps it was actually the spirit of some animal. Either way, we appreciate you calling in and sharing your encounter. Our next and final call is another ghostly tale. This is Rachel's call from Missouri.
3: Hi, my name is Rachel, and I live in a little town south of St. Louis in Missouri. My story uh, happened around 1992, and just to say up front, I consider myself paranormal sensitive. Things seem to happen around me, and I live in a household full of skeptics, so um, sometimes that's good, and sometimes it's not, regardless. Um, I had moved into a house with my husband. It was our first house together and the house was about 75 years old and no indication from the realtor that, you know, there was anything wrong with the house. The house wasn't super cheap or it was right around the market range, a small little old house. And we moved in and like anyone put our things away and first night went to bed and around midnight heard a large crash in the kitchen so we went into the kitchen and the cabinet top cabinet drawers our doors were open and every single piece of Tupperware I had placed in the cabinet neatly and nicely it wasn't jammed in there was out on the counter all of the lids all of the Tupperware all completely slammed out on the counter so we were pretty exhausted from moving and didn't think much of it and went to bed. Well, um, a few nights later, a perfectly clear night, this would have been around late spring or early summer, same year, I was getting ready to go to bed. And right when I got into my bedroom, the thermostat in the hallway sparked when it would kick on for the air conditioner or for the heating actually and it sparked and turned on the air conditioner it was a warm night and you could see a figure walk slowly across the hallway just a few steps it looked like a woman wasn't really clear it was kind of like a it was almost like the light had just captured it for a second, like that little glimpse of light, like it had stolen the energy. I, I don't know. It would just, it kind of glowed all over. There was no super distinguishing figures, but you could definitely tell it was the shape of a woman. And this had happened on more than one occasion that I saw this woman in the evening. It was usually when it was dark. I wasn't always in bed, sometimes I was going into my room to go to bed. Sometimes I was using the bathroom, which was adjacent, and when the thermostat would spark, you would sometimes catch this woman.
0: My husband
3: is a huge skeptic, does not believe in ghosts or anything much. I didn't ever mention it to him because he would just tease me, which he likes to do. And he one day said to me, you know, when the the thermostat sparks to go on in the hallway it looks like I'm seeing a woman rock across the floor. And I finally said to him, well, that's eerie because I've had that happen more than once. I just didn't want to tell you about it. And he said, I've actually seen it a few times where he had seen something, which just in my mind solidified it even more. Um, So I was curious, and our neighbor across the street was elderly, and she was over at my house. And we started talking about the previous owners. I was just trying to get some background on the house to try to figure out if anything had happened in the house. And I said, well, I've had some strange occurrences in the house, and I'm not sure what it is. You know, just didn't want her to think I was crazy or unstable. And um, she revealed to me that the woman who had lived in our house before was elderly. She lived here with her husband and she had gotten cancer and was terminal. And after so many months, I guess, of dealing with pain, she shot herself in her living room. This is the first I had heard of it. It's supposed to be reported by a realtor. It wasn't. And I was friends with my real estate agent. And so I called her and said, could you please check into the story? And, um, see if the woman killed herself in her house. Cause she had no idea when I asked her, she didn't know anything about it. This is the first, any of us had heard of it. So she called me back a few days later, called me very upset and said that the woman had indeed shot herself in the living room of the house. Um, they had put paneling up. So I don't know if that was hide evidence. We never took the paneling down. I did not want to see, but, um, she was upset because it is, you must disclose it in my state if someone kills themselves in their house. And she was worried we were going to sue them because we were having this paranormal activity, obviously that I had found out of simply because, you know, checking around after my story. So the, and I, I had no intention of suing them or moving even. And so what I did instead was, um, watched through the house and simply told the person that I had found out that they were sick and had died, said it out loud to myself and that we had moved into the house. We were happy here. We appreciated our house, appreciated the care they had taken into it all the years they had lived there and I never had trouble again with that ghost. So that's my story. I really appreciate your podcast. Um, I just found it, and I've been binge-listening, and I will pass the word along. It's a very good podcast. Um, I may call back again. I have a ghost story about the house I'm currently living in, and that I'll save for another time. Thanks.
0: Thank you, Rachel. Had this not happened in the early 90s, I would have suggested to use diedinhouse.com. Simply put, it's a website that tells you if someone has died in your home before you owned it. Perhaps if that would have been around then, you would not have had your encounters. As for your actual experiences, I'm wondering if there was some strange trick of the light that caused both you and your husband to see the woman's figure. Was the spark casting some sort of shadow? Was it reflecting off something that would make it appear human-shaped? Just a few things to think about. Thank you so much for sharing your story. I'm happy to hear that you didn't end up suing. A little haunting never hurt anyone. And that'll do it for this week's episode. But before I go, don't forget, I still need your hometown legends. I'm thankful to the few that have already submitted, but I want to send the season out with a bang, and to do so, I need your submission. So please call in today. Do me a solid and rate and review the show on iTunes and or Stitcher. Your review is a huge, huge help to the show, As long as it's a good one, of course. Follow the show on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And head on over to the website at www.monstersamonguspodcast.com. Click on the donate button, type in a big fat number, and click submit. That would totally make my day. I want to thank Warren Pond Abbott, as always, for his vocal contributions. If you have a second, check out Warren's YouTube page. He performs all these stories for free. So, you don't have to listen to my boring voice any longer than you have to. Links to his pages can be found in the show notes. And lastly, music from tonight's episode was provided by Mayu, Kevin McLeod, and Nature World 1986. Thank you all for listening, and until next week.